Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. F- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome. To the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the co-hostess that helps patients with secondary hydrosis. Huh? The co-hostess that hands out all the right doses. Word. The co-hostess that has a mustache that's worth the mostest. Yes. Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Oh, man. You are going to have to start introducing me like that all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd jazz it up a little bit. That was something special there. You know, I added your medical background to it, and then your mustache. It was all in there. That's a fact. It was all in it was there. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank. You. Oh, I got. I got jazzy. I got jazzy, and I got jazzy because actually, what I want to talk about uh, to start the show. Hmm. Dave, you know what I was thinking about this week? Um, something medical. <laughs> no, not really. No. Uh, no. Okay. I would. I was thinking about Bebatron. Hmm. That's right, J Beebs. J Beebs. Bebatron. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Justin Bebaliba Ding Dong. That's right. Okay. I didn't yes. know all these names. <laughs> I made them all up, just like your introduction. So true. Pretty good. I was pretty happy ah. with myself. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I I mean J Beebs, that's that's a real one. But all the others, those are the Bebatron, that's made up. Also, uh, just uh, Bieber carpet was another one. There's another one. Um, Bieber carpet. That's right, Bieber carpet. Um, so, anyways, this week I was blown away by the star power of Jay Biebs, Dave. Um, now you may find this hard to believe, but Justin Bieber is more popular than our show. Wait, what? I don't know. Only a little bit. I know, I know, I know. Some of the hardcore fans that are listening right now are like, "I don't believe it, Ben." That's right. That's a lie. But it's it's true. It's true. As me and Dave have talked, he's the third most monthly listen. He has the third most monthly listeners on Spotify, and Crazy. he has the twelfth most followers on Instagram. He has one hundred and thirty-eight million followers. Jeez, a few. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Now I know what you're thinking, Dave. Really, really. He's that popular despite the fact that my mustache is a thousand times better than his. Yeah, his mustache sucks. And it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, surprisingly, he didn't get all those fans, though, by growing his mustache. Nope. That's weird. That's true. I don't know. But I will say, I also, little little up, update, he's not rocking the stash right now. Nope. He's uh, got a full mm-hmm. shave going on. He, full shave. he learned it needed to leave. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, well... The reason I was blown away by a star power, Dave, is because mm-hmm. he used that star power for his 11-year-old half-sister Jazzy's birthday. He calls her Jazzy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, being that he is in quarantine, right, he couldn't mm-hmm. do anything like like, like going out and getting things and doing stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. he pulled some strings and put a video together of a whole bunch of famous folks wishing the 11-year-old a happy birthday. Sweet. Goodness yeah. gracious. <laughs> yeah. So so the video had a bunch of folks that you would expect 
for eleven year old girl, right? There was uh there was Billie Eilish that we've talked about mm-hmm. before, famous mm-hmm. singer there. Ariana Grande, you'd think that. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Kylie and Kendall Jenner, those those oh, folks are pretty popular, of course, right? Uh, Romeo Beckham, that's David uh, Beckham's son. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you, Dave, he's the dream of every middle school girl. He's a. Oh, I, I can only imagine. He's a dreamy <laughs> dude. He's a dreamy dude. He's eighteen. He's already a model, and he's eighteen. What? 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 Burberry was like, hey, we want you to model our stuff. That didn't happen to me when I was 18, Dave. Not at all. Nope. No, sir. Then again, my dad is no David Beckham. No David Beckham. Mine neither. My dad will openly admit he is a thousand times not as attractive as that man. That is for sure. Pretty much every man on the planet will agree. That's true. That's true, Dave. (laughs) That's true. I should, yeah, yes. Correct. Correct. Uh, Anyways, the Beebs even got Charlie D'Amelio... You know, do you, do you know Charlie? She's the no, she's the queen of TikTok. She's that's right. She, we probably talked about her then. No, no, we didn't. But oh, okay. for your info, she did used to be in the hype house, but now she oh. has left too. She's no longer in the hype house. Now I don't. I, I haven't checked, Dave. I don't know if she's in competition to get in the mm-hmm. clubhouse with me, you, and Daisy, so she right. can be a dope influencer like us. But. <laughs> We'll have to see. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, she does. By the way, she has like fifty-six million followers on TikTok. It's more than Sheesh. it's more than anybody. And and like and the crazy part is that was like all organic. You know that wasn't like yeah, she anything wasn't like, like famous before. She, it. she, you know, she was just dancing on TikTok. People were like, "I like mm. those dances. That's nice. So true." And fifty-six million people later, still doing it. It's crazy. Wow. Anyways, all those people, Dave. All those people, right? And all he did was he DM'd these people he, on Instagram. He's like, hey, I'm Justin Bieber. Listen to me. And they're like, you got it. Girl, come on. Like, that was it. What, what do you want, Biebs? That's what it, I do right? For you? Then, but then I got to be honest. There were a couple people I was a little confused about on the video. First of all, Snoop Dogg was on there. Hmm. And I was like, <laughs> Really? This girl was out of that age bracket. Yeah, I was like, this girl was negative sixteen when Doggy Style came out. She doesn't know anything about gin and juice. She's not like, (laughs) oh my god, West Coast, LBC. I feel you, Snoop. Like, not happening. (laughs) Why is Snoop on there? And then DJ Khaled comes on the video. And I was like, oh I was like, okay. DJ Khaled just wants to jump on everything. <laughs> well, so well, you true. know, I was like, okay, Khaled and Biebs have done a couple collabos, so I, I guess yeah. I can see it. But then he like didn't even comb his hair or beard. He's just looking like a mountain man. Jeez. And I was like, she's going to be so confused. She's going to ask Justin Bieber, like, hey, why did you give me an old hobo to wish me happy birthday? Like... Who is that guy? He'll be like, it's DJ Khaled. She's like, he needs some work. (laughs) That guy needs a little work. Dave, he did all this, like I was saying, just by contacting him on Instagram. He just slid in. That's very professional. That's so weird. All these people's uh, DMs, though. The the crazy part was was the Charlie, the the TikTok lady, right? Mm -hmm. She was having a live Instagram uh, uh, feed right she was on Instagram mm-hmm. live and he just came mm-hmm. up there and just made a comment and was like hey check your DMs and she freaked out when she was on it she's like oh my god oh Justin Bieber just oh he just he just told me to check my DMs oh my god 
God. And I'm just like, what? What? That's so strange. What? Come on. <laughs> come on. So two things, Dave. First of all, how come I can't do this? Yeah. Why can't I? Why can't I DM DJ Khaled and he come on the show? Because I'm pretty sure he wouldn't. So true. Was it because I called him an old hobo? Because yeah, I'm an that, old that hobo. Didn't help. <laughs> and I'm we're, I am completely fine with old hobos. I mean, obviously, that should be the motto of this show: fine with old hobos. Word. Yeah, not, that's true. <laughs> we talk the, about hobos a lot. <laughs> not the best <laughs> motto, but it's a good one for this show. Second, like, you know, why didn't Jay Beebs ask me to be in this video for Jazzy? Huh? That's that's a good question. Like, I mean, I'm sure Jazzy listens to our show. That's a fact. Seems right up her alley. I mean, if she's getting already getting videos from old hobos, our motto is, we're fine with old hobos, so come on. The more, the I, better. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what? He probably just couldn't find my Instagram page. That was probably it. That's probably, true. Probably couldn't find it. So, um, Justin, if you're wondering, I will make a happy belated birthday video for your sister. So, there. If you want me to, I'll do it. Yes! I'll I'll be happy to do it. Dave, watch while there'll be a trend of men who look like hobos sending her videos. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I hope I didn't start that trend. That would be bad. Uh, Dave, while we're waiting for Beebs to get in contact with us, you wanna you wanna go ahead and fire up the show? Let's fire it up, baby. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Woo! Oh man, day phenomenal show. Wrench. Wrench, the ringleader of and producer of Gangsta Grass will be mm. on the show. We're going to we're going to talk music. We're going to talk food. We're going to talk uh country music in New York. We're going to talk it all, man. But Dang. uh but first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Let's do it. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay, um, this first birthday suit, pretty confident in this one. In fact, very, What's very percentage? confident. 99%. Wow. I had to leave 1% because there is there's that chance. You but always, I'm, I, yep. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very confident though. Here we go. Born on May 27th, 1975 in Atlanta, Georgia. Our birthday suit wearer grew up as an only child liking music, especially mm -hmm. hip-hop. Mm. Once in high yeah. school, he met Antoine Patton. The two started rapping mm. together and decided to make a rap group. They auditioned mm -hmm. for LaFace Records and released mm -hmm. their first album in 1994 under mm -hmm. the name Outkast. They followed oh, Andre up. 3000. There it is. Yes, indeed. Oh. Yeah, I told you. I told you I was confident. I was confident. 99. Yes. That's, you were right on the money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 2000, they released Stank On You with the smash hit Miss Jackson. In 2003, the group released Speaker Box and The Love Below, which was a double album featuring the highlights of the two different artists. He also played Clarence Withers, a.k.a. Coffee Black, a.k.a. Downtown Funky Stuff Malone, in the 2008 movie Semi-Pro. 
Yes. Man, Andre, so three stacks. Hey, man, that's crazy. That's that long ago. It's a good movie, man. It's a good classic oh, it was a to good go movie. back. For sure. And that's one of my... It took a while for that one to grow on me. Like, the first yeah, time I, I saw it, I was... It. I was like, eh. And then I started watching it more and more, and I was like, all right, pretty good parts of this one. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty solid. But, man, Outcast, Solid group right there. That's right. Solid, solid group. So solid. One of the best rap groups of all time. What's your, what's your favorite Outcast album? Mine's AT Aliens. Oh, I don't know the Outcast albums. Don't know the albums? <laughs> oh, man. No. Man. Uh, well, you know, I, it makes sense. It makes sense with your age. Oh, come you on. Just know the, you know the hits. Right. You know the hits. Yeah, I mean, like, Hey Ya uh, is, like, you know, my favorite, probably. Nice, nice. Now that's that's much older in the in in the in the repertoire. You know that goes all the way. Mm -hmm. That was two thousand three, or four. Might have been even been four when it was a single, but long time ago. Yeah, man, man, Outcast, one of the best in Atlanta for sure, for sure. Oh, Happy man. birthday, Three Stacks. Yes! How old is he now? Forty-five. Uh, Forty-five. Okay. Forty-five, man. Nice. He's in shape. He's in shape. Apparently, he stopped being. He was vegan for like sixteen years. Oh shit. And then he then he that. stopped because he was like, uh, mm. it's just too hard to be social and vegan. Yeah. Stopped. So imagine. he stopped. But you know, I think it did a lot for his figure. He was always He's always been a, like a really skinny dude. Yeah, he was a lean dude, looking good. Always shirtless that yes! dude. But you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Anyways, happy birthday, three stacks. Alright. Dave, we had a couple unturned stones last week. We did. Yeah. Hmm. So we need to we need to turn them over in a segment we call Previously on the Doc G Show. Previously on the Doc G Show. Dave, I told you in Sevilla, Spain, that we could see a bullfight. So true. And then I referenced Ferdinand the Bull. And you were like, what? Never heard of Ferdinand the Bull. And I was like, what? I've heard of Ferdinand the Bull. How could you not hear of it? And you were like, I don't know. It's pretty old. And I was like, it's not that old. And then I was totally wrong on the date. That's a fact. So here is a little info about Ferdinand. Let's go. It's a pretty new book. Came out in 1936. Ah, totally still new. Still fresh. Yep. Hot off the press, Dave. Only 84 years old. Very young. Right? <laughs> Very young. <laughs> He's oh, boy. Authored by Monroe Leaf. Monroe mm -hmm. Leaf. In 1936, Dave... It was a best-selling book in America. Literally the best-selling book. The best one. Yes. So I was right for one year. Told you it was every year. I was right one year. 1936. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for 84 years, it has never gone out of print, though. So every single That's, year, they print off impressive. things. Yeah. Yeah. In 1938, Life Magazine called it the greatest juvenile classic since Winnie the Pooh. Jeez. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, Dave, if you would have grown up in the 30s, like I apparently did, so true, you would have been familiar with the story of Ferdinand. But well, you were definitely closer than I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was closer. Still a little bit further off. Apparently, my mom likes to read classics to me. I don't know. Pulls out a classic. Yeah, she has you know? good taste. That's a fact. You know, it's it's a good story though, because like it, the whole thing is. I did, uh, spoiler alert. Wait, what? If anybody's planning on going to read Ferdinand right now, 
turn it off for a second, all right? Turn off the show for just a second, then turn us back on. It'll actually give us more listens, so do that. Um, anyway. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> anyways, uh, in, in the book, right, he turns out, he like I said, he wants to smell flowers. That's all he's interested in. And all the bulls mm-hmm. are supposed to get big and strong. Like, that's their whole objective, right? And he doesn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But even mm-hmm. though he doesn't want to do that, he turns out to be the biggest and strongest bull of all the bulls. And one day when the people from the bullfighting arena come to check out what bull they want to choose... They see Ferdinand, and Ferdinand, as he's smelling the flowers, gets stung by a bee. And so he goes jumping around all crazy because of the pain from the bee sting. And so they're like, oh, Ferdinand is a crazy, fierce bull. And he turns into Ferdinand the Fierce. And they take him to the bull ring, and he doesn't want to do anything. And everybody's just like, oh, this guy's not doing anything. That's crazy. And so they let him back, and he got to end up in in the field with flowers at the end of the book. It's a good story. Yes! It's a good story. He's not a fighter. Nope. He's not a fighter, that Ferdinand. He's just softy at heart. Exactly. Exactly. Good book. Second stone unturned. Oldest Iron Man triathlon in the continental United States, Dave. Yes. No. Please now, tell me. I was complete, completely, completely wrong on this one. I was off by 19 years. Girl, come on. The first year of the triathlon was 1990. So. Oh. Yeah, it's it's in its thirtieth year this year, so it's not that old. I should have yeah, realized seems like it's been around for a while. So I should have thought about reasoning. it. Like you know, I mean, it's taken them a while to combine them, get the Iron Man. You know, yeah, yeah. but it's it's the mm-hmm. oldest. It's the oldest in the Continental. So there you go, in the old uh, in the Windsor, California. So if you want to go check it out, check it out. Pretty expensive to, to sign up. It's like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Jeez, like seven hundred yeah, like to, uh, to to run a race. No, thank you. I, I have a hard time to run like forty forty dollars to run a five k. Let alone run a five k on my own. Let a, <laughs> let nothing. alone let alone seven hundred and fifty dollars to run, bike, swim for a whole day. Yeah, it's mm. literally the whole thing. And literally for us, it would take probably two weeks. That's a fact. It would uh, not be a day because they go over a hundred miles, Dave. A hundred miles yeah. of those three things. I need, it's crazy. I need my nap spots. So true. Crazy. It's crazy. Anyways, anyways, Dave. All right, are you ready? Let's rip some headlines. Let's rip it, buddy. It's now time for rip from the headlines. Okay, Dave. This story is from New Zealand Herald. Hmm. The New Zealand Herald. But it's about mm-hmm. Texas. What? Because uh, okay. obviously, I get all my news about Texas but from New Zealand. From New Zealand, yes. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense, right? Um, of course. So, Dave, you've, you've, you've heard about identical twins, right? Mm-hmm. Now, have you, have you heard of identical triplets? Of course, um, right? How about yeah. identical triplets? quadruplets. I don't think I know any of those. Several months ago, Jenny Marr in Dallas, Texas found out from her obstetrician she was pregnant, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And a couple weeks later, she goes to the doctor and the doctor did the sonogram. All of a sudden, doctor gets a funny look on her face, told the parents, she's not hearing one heartbeat, she's hearing three. Wait, what? Jenny's husband responded by being a movie character and passed out. 
literally did the movie <laughs> thing and just passed out, which um, I'd be I'd be pretty impressed if I was there. I'd be like, wow, it's just like a movie. He totally just passed out. It's crazy. Yes! Um, anyways, the next week they go back to the doctor and they're like, oh, you know what? There's actually four babies in there, not three. Oh, oh did did they pass out again? <laughs> no, he didn't pass out. Though I guess I guess from three to four wasn't big enough to pass wasn't out. Wasn't big enough like, jump. <laughs> like all right, it's like an exponential increase, and he plateaued. He's like, I'm not too surprised. What are you gonna tell me next? There's five raccoons in there with him. All right, cool. Uh, according to the specialist, not only is this extremely rare uh, that that a couple would create. Uh, identical quadruplets. It's even mm -hmm. rare that the birth happens without complications. Apparently, there was a 1 in 15 million chance that the babies would be birthed without complications. And they did. They were born wow. without complications. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That's a good story. And I started thinking about it, Dave. How crazy does that have to be for the mom, though? Like, you've got... Four living things inside of you. Jeez. That is, like, that is almost pass out worthy for me. Just like if you told me that. I just, ah, what? Like, it's a good thing I'm not a lady, Dave, because I'm so true. I couldn't handle one thing living inside of me. Like, then what? No, thank well, you. What is, you know, like, is, people always say they, like, you know, they gain more weight, and just imagine, like, having to feed four things yeah it's like yeah. four parasites just like taking all of your nutrients exactly it's like aliens in you man and they're just gonna <laughs> pop out and you got four of them four of them and you got to carry those things around ah man no thank you crazy hats, hats off to you mothers out there no thank you uh, I've got sad news to report though about this story and apparently Jenny and her husband named all the kids with H names. Blam. What? Oh, that's bad. God. Yeah, they they named them Harrison, Hardy, Henry, and Hudson. Word. What? Just come yeah. on. No yeah. offense. No offense, Jenny, but that's lame. I mean, yeah. not your he, best look, Jenny. That's cliche. First of all, I mean, first of all, it's cliche to go with all the same uh, letter. And then with eccentric names, nah, no, thank you. Uh, here's here's my plan, Dave. If I were to have identical quadruplets, I would yeah. go with the most plain, normal names ever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that would just weird people out, right? If I was like, oh, these are my like identical. No, no, I'd just be like, these are my identical quadruplets. This is Bob, Jeff, Frank, and Ted. Yep. Uh, that's and they funny. are. <laughs> right? And just like, and people would be like, huh? Are those like family names? Nope. Just liked them. <laughs> right, Frank? High five. Like, it'd just be good. I think <laughs> Think they need to go with the regular names. They need to think about it. Dave? Well, people are getting so, like, crazy with the with their names that, like, the regular names will start to be more unique again. Exactly. You need to go back. Recycle. Come back to those normal names. Dave, Ben, whatever like happened it. to those normal names. Come on now. Right. Dave, for this next story, let's actually talk about New Zealand. Here we yes, go. There you go. Good segue. Yeah, right. Story. This story's from ABC News. Dave, we have some listeners in New Zealand every now and then, right? We, we do. do. Auckland. Auckland's a pretty hot spot usually for the Doc G show. So some true. Some Kiwis like to listen to this show. Well, at the Ooh, start nice. of this week, yeah, it's a nickname for them. It's a nickname. I know. I like that one. 
It's a good one. Uh, New Zealand experienced an earthquake at the start of this week, Dave. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, right off the shore. Pretty big one, actually. It was, uh, it was, it was over five on the Richter scale, right? Pretty solid. Jeez. Um, have you ever, by the way, experienced uh, an earthquake? Hmm. I never have, no. I have. Uh, not a big one. It was fairly small, the one that I experienced. And I got to be honest, I was not a fan. Nope. Not a fan at all. Yeah, I can imagine. It freaked me out. I thought, like, I, I didn't know, like, I the first thought was there was some kind of horrific attack, right? Like, these right. were giant bombs that were coming to engulf me. And I was like, ah, no! And I looked out my door, and I was just, like, looking around, and things were shaking, and I was just like, ah! And then it sort of stopped, and I was like, hmm, what was that? What was that? And then I Googled it, and I was like, where, oh, was where were you? Where, where, that was in South Carolina. In? That was South Carolina. Yeah. Okay. Which is very rare in South Carolina, but it happened. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so their prime minister in New Zealand is uh, Jacinda, I think you would pronounce her name. Jacinda Ardern. Uh, she was giving, I, I hope I'm saying Jacinda's name right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Uh, it's I'm not good with names. Nope. Anyways, she was giving an interview, right? When the earthquake struck, right? Jeez. Now, obviously, like I told you, I just freaked out when an earthquake happened. Mm-hmm. However, she did not. Didn't even phase her. This was on video, right? And Prime Minister Arden was just like, she just the, the earthquake starts going as she's talking, and she's like, "Oh, we're having a bit of an uh, earthquake here, Ryan. Quite a decent shake here, but um, if you see things moving behind me, that's why." Word, right? And then she pauses for a little bit. He he says something else, and she's like, "Uh, we're fine, Ryan. I'm not under any hanging lights, and I'm in a structurally sound place, so we're good." What? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Such a hardcore leader right there, Dave. Like, oh man. If I would have been like ever on her. If I would have been giving an interview and that happened, I would have just been like, everybody panic! Yes! Right, I would have screamed like a baby. And thrown the video camera across the room and just ran out of there. She's like, eh, little quake. No biggie. Let's keep it going. Jeez. What? Crazy. Hats off to you, Prime Minister. Hats off to you. Uh, Dave, this next story. Yes, good leader. Uh, Dave, this next story is from newsjournalonline.com. Dave, we have several stories on the show about how um, people being wanted by the police act, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, Generally, if you don't want to go to prison... What should be your plan of action, would you say? Hmm. Don't do illegal things. Yeah, that that would be good. Let's say you've already done the legal things, you're wanted. Now what you should what should you do to avoid prison? Hmm. Hide. Yes. Right. Lay low. Hide. Well, our man Tim in Daytona Beach, they didn't really follow that. Nope. So of Tim they was never do. <laughs> he was enjoying his Memorial Day, right? And while he was enjoying his Memorial Day, he decided you know what's even fun, even more fun on uh, Memorial Day? Jet skiing, right? Mm. So uh, Tim thought this was so dope. He was like, "I gotta let other people know I'm getting my jet ski on," right? So he mm. hopped on Facebook Live to let people know he was getting his <laughs> jet ski on. 
right. uh-huh. Well, obviously, since he was wanted by the cops, they were watching his Facebook page. And one of the cops was like, uh, hey, I think Tim's at Southside Jet Ski, uh, mainly because he just said he was at Southside Jet Ski. So <laughs> we should probably go arrest him there, right? And uh, they showed up, and of course, Tim was there, and uh, Tim got arrested. And it wasn't good. He had he had multiple guns. He had some drugs on him. Guns prob- and drugs while jet skiing. Oh yeah. My gosh. Yeah. Well, they were in his car. They searched his car at the place, and they oh, found them. Wow. So, wow. But, uh, Tim, here's an idea. Once you get out of jail, so if you get out of jail. And God forbid you're wanted again, but you want to go jet skiing and can't resist doing a Facebook Live. Mm. Here's an idea. Just make sure there are no landmarks behind you and then throw the cops. Throw them off the scent a little bit. Be like, can't believe I decided to drive all the way out here to San Diego, home of the Padres. That's where I'm jet skiing. Can you believe it? So true. San Diego. Oh, that's a My good idea. My goodness. Right? I'm definitely not in Daytona Man, Beach. Be a good villain. Well, that's that's what they tell me. That's what they tell me, right? But he wasn't thinking. He was just like, "Hey, here I am beside the Southside Jet Ski Rental sign, getting ready to do some jet skiing in Southside Daytona." Come on, Tim. <laughs> Think about it, man. Ah, jeez. All Ricky. right, Dave. Ready for a headline? Yes, sir. Okay, so this is a headline from uh, Metro. Uh, Quote, Mother, 25, walked down Main Street naked while totally sober. End quote. Hmm. Was there a bet involved? (laughs) Well, first of all, I like how they had to put the age to get folks interested. So true. Like, they were right. worried that if they just put mother without age, people would be like, I want to check that article out. But they said 25, people like, oh, check this out. See if they're... Girl, come on. Yeah, see what this is. Yeah. And then the disclaimer, like, no, no, she wasn't drunk. <laughs> In the slightest. Totally sober. Like, well-worded, guys. Well-worded. So I checked it out. Apparently, this happened in uh, Dothan, Alabama. Dothan, mm-hmm. D O T H A N. Don't know. Dothan. Um, uh, o A T H. Yeah, Dothan. Yeah. Dothan. Uh, uh, like local boat with a D. Yeah. Uh, a local uh, called nine one one reported a nude lady walking down Main Street. Uh, mm-hmm. As officers approached her, she attempted to put a shirt on and shorts on. Um, she wasn't quick enough, obviously. And the cops mm-hmm. already saw her, so she was charged with a misdemeanor. So, uh, Metro News put at the bottom of the article that no post had been made on this lady's Facebook, mm. but they did mention she had a status before, she, right before she got uh, the misdemeanor, that said, "I don't judge people; only God can do that. So stop judging me." Um, oh, jeez. Now, a lot of people uh, were commenting and posting, like, memes on her page after she uh, got arrested for this or this misdemeanor, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which I totally agree with this lady, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. You can't really judge her. But I, I think, come on, just let us know the, the story. 
We're not going to judge. Hmm. We just want to know why you're walking around naked. You know, right? It'd be. I'm. I got a feeling. It's like you said. Was there a bet? What's going on? Why were you just cruising around naked? Because hmm. I feel like it's got to be an interesting story. And we promise. I think we, we, you need to keep up on this, Ben. Well, check. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. I'll, I'll do some digging. I'm going to follow up. There may be nothing to follow up next week, but I'll follow up. Okay. Um, okay. Another real headline. Are you ready? I'm ready. This one is a one million. This one is disturbing on so many levels. This is from uh, KCTV in Texas. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Prepare yourself. Quote, 65-year-old man dies from injuries from having sex with his 81-year-old male relative. Wait, what? End quote. Yeah. At first, I was, like, happy for him. No. And I was, like, weird. No. No. no, like as you're as you're reading the title, and I was like, "Well, that's a good way to go." <laughs> but no, it's then, not. No, no. <laughs> especially not once he finds out other people found out. I mean, that's uh, mm, yeah. yikes. Yeah, kill his rep on the streets. That's that's a hard one to overcome in the rep world. I'm guessing. I, I haven't had to overcome it, but I'm guessing it would be tough. You know? Yeah. I know. I don't know. It's ew, yikes. Jeez. Yikes. I and I read there wasn't too much information released from it. There's some weird yeah, stuff going on the there. Best. Probably better, right? Yeah. Okay. Dave, <laughs> um we've had a couple stories on this show pointing out the uh of various HOAs. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got another one this time. Mission Viejo, California. Uh oh. Dave, a townhome community in Mission Viejo had several families that had children that were graduating, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Different levels. High school, some middle school, some elementary mm-hmm. school. And mm-hmm. since schools obviously haven't been able to hold actual graduations, uh, many schools have resorted to just handing out yard signs, right? Yeah, they want to recognize them some way. Yeah, so they, they proclaim... Graduate. Here's here's graduate so and so from this. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, one of these graduating seniors was Sophia uh, Murataya. Um, she said, uh, "Quote: You walk around your neighborhood, you get excited to see which school each of the seniors are from. There's fifth graders that are graduating and eighth graders. Well, of course, Dave. That fun ended." And the fun was ended by the HOA. Oh, come on! Uh, last week, HOA. the HOA walked around and took down all the signs in the neighborhood. And then, at the Monday night HOA meeting that they had on Zoom, one of the parents was like, Hey, so the signs, I'm guessing you guys took those down? Which one of the HOA responded, uh, Yeah, we took them down because placement of these signs was in the common areas, which violates HOA rules. So, mm. yeah. Blam. Uh, I've got just to Sophia uh, Murataya. She should check and see if the HOA rules say anything uh, that mentions signs and windows. And if not, they should make a sign that says this house has a graduating senior and the HOA can eat a bag of Wait, what? I think that's what Ooh. they should put, <laughs> put, in, put, put in there. Put in their Big window. It's just... Just an idea. We'll see. I mean, you know, I'm just 
toss it out there. Maybe, one maybe the, it's like one of the homeowners in my neighborhood. Actually, like you know how there's like the senior banners that they have on like fields mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. They hung it from like their roof. So mm. that, like on, and they have like a front porch, so that was pretty cool. Mm. I wonder. I wonder if that's against HOA policies. If you can put things on the roof, don't know. Probably not, but probably they can not. eat a bag of. D- there you go. Amen. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dave, are you ready to take a break? Yeah, ma'am. Let's, Let's do uh, it. T- listen to a song, ma'am. We are. We're going to listen to a song. We're going to listen to a song from our guest, Gangsta Grass. This is off of their 2012 album, Rapalacha. This is Dollar Boss featuring Dead Prez. Yes. yes. Right here on the Doc G Show. Punch the clock, hit the field for a paycheck to make the daily yield. Same plantation, just a different year. Now a supervisor instead of overseer. Work daily, but you paid every other week. But if you didn't go in, how would you eat? Same way back in the day of slavery. Bent over all day in the southern heat. Everybody had a job, no unemployment So you could be employed and still be exploited Building train tracks but getting left behind Making others rich while we getting robbed blind They the 1%, we the 99 Got us paying rent While they stocks climb, we do all the work While they sit back And the lowest paid still pay the most tax I'm just trying to pay my bills But it feels like I'm still picking cotton
And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKR, LP, 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Dave? Hey, guys. Go do us a favor. Download the podcast. Mm-hmm. Rate us five stars. Mm-hmm. Leave a comment. Yep. You'd help us. Mm. Yeah. Then go to the DocGShow.com. Check out the cool stuff we got on there. Some videos, mm-hmm. some links, mm-hmm. you know, a mm-hmm. bunch of goodies there. Yeah. Then head over to the Instagram, give us a follow at the Doc G Show, mm-hmm. or just Doc G, at Doc G Show. Boom, boom. And um, yeah, man. You know who he's talking to? Us. He's talking Go to Justin Beavers. Go do it, Justin. Come on, man. Yeah, We're counting D- on you. Slide into our DMs. Sl- first, dog. Slide in there. Let us know. It's greasy. Ew. Anyways. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave. Let's uh, let's thank th- thank the folks that are already listening. I've got troubling course, news before man. we start the regulars. Wait, what? Uh oh. I have not seen this week. Genoa, Italy. <gasps> I don't no. know. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't. Where know. Where are they? They've been consistent for like two and a half years straight. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Oh, I'm very concerned. We scared them away. I'm very concerned. Nonetheless. Jacksonville, Florida, Duval. Shout out to those guys. Thank you, as always. Always there. Yes. Columbia, South Carolina, also always there. Thank you. Gainesville, Florida, keeping it consistent. I like it. Dublin, Ireland, our most consistent as of now international listeners. Thank you, Dublin, Ireland. We appreciate it. And I got to be honest, it keeps Dublin. It keeps doubling, like it. I'm not, not to, not to do a pun, but I did. Uh, it just like we get more and more listens from Dublin, and I appreciate it a I lot. Love it. Uh, Mountain View, California. Shout out to Mountain View. Thank you for keeping the California consistent. Shout out. Uh, yes, Charlotte, man. North Carolina. Shout out to the Queen City. Shout out. Barcelona, Spain. Also very consistent international listeners. Thank you. Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to them. Maputo, Mozambique. Shout out to our most consistent African listeners. Shout out to Charleston, South Carolina. Thank you. Uh, Madison, Tennessee. Shout out to our most... uh, consistent volunteer listeners and lastly shout out to kenner louisiana thank you for listening those are our regulars yes semi-regulars got some interesting ones here got some that are starting maybe to turn into regulars got a couple of them here los angeles california shout out out. Uh, city of angels thank you Peoria, Illinois, still listening. Thank you, Peoria. We there we appreciate we go, it. Roanoke, Virginia, Star City. They're back. They're getting consistent again. It's like uh, it's it's yes, like sir, indeed. It, it's like a New Year's resolution. They had to hop back on the wagon. They got back on there. I like it. I like it. Winfield, West Virginia, still kicking it with us. Old fuss and feathers. They're still there. Thanks. Thanks. Oh. Boardman, Oregon. They're back. Boardman. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Boardman. San Jose, California. Those guys are consistent. They're getting there. They're almost regulars. Orlando, Florida. They're consistent. Almost regulars. Miami, Florida. Next, Boise, Idaho. Back on the list. Thanks, Boise. Shout out to you guys. And then lastly, a return visit for the third week. Keswick, Canada. Shout out, Keswick. Yes. All right, guys. Yes. Okay, newcomers, Dave. 
two newcomers here, both mm-hmm. both in the United States. We did not go international this week, although special shout out to Sweden. We did have a lot of lessons from Sweden this week. Shout Thank out. you, Sweden. Uh, okay, here we go. Surprise, Arizona. Shout out. Shout out. Yes. Surprise, Dave. Surprise. Yes. Surprise. It's part of the Phoenix metropolitan area, Dave. And apparently, Flora May Statler was the person that owned the land that Surprise was on. And she said it would Mm -hmm. be a surprise if the town ever amounted to much. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's called Surprise, Dave. So there you go. And apparently, okay. there's a retirement community there called Sun City Grand, uh, and thousands of old folks have moved to Surprise to live in Sun City Grand yes! over the past three decades. So, my only guess is that's where our listeners are coming from in Surprise. You know, let's be honest. Let's be honest. So true. We get old folks. We get old hobos. We get old folks. Learned how to download a podcast and downloaded the wrong one. Don't know how to fix it. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> I don't know what I'm listening to. These people are annoying. This doesn't sound like Oprah. Yeah. This isn't Dr. Phil. Yeah, let's be honest. Some old folks, Dave. They might be in that old folks' home. They mean they may need something in the background to keep them company. And we can do That's that true. for them. What? We can do it. What? We can be there for you, old people. We can do it. What? Anyways, thank you guys for listening. All right, Dave. Next one. Cedar Park, Texas. Shout out. Shout out. Yeah. Cedar Park, Texas. All right. All right. Which is another. That's another suburb, Dave. This is a. This is a suburb of Austin. Austin. And. Okay. Fun fact, Dave. It's where the NBA G League Austin Spurs play. <laughs> They play in Cedar Park. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All so right. if you're looking for a little G League action, you head over to Cedar Park. That's where you get it. That's where you get it done. Right there. Who is who isn't about G League action? Now, I was uh, back when they first started it and it was the D League and not the G League. There mm-hmm. was a there was a uh, uh, a uh, team in Roanoke. So true. When I was still growing okay. up as a wee lad in Virginia. And I went to go see him. You hit that up a lot? I, I, yeah, I went to go see him. Fun fact, Dave. I was the fan of the game. That's right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. They, What'd you get for that? Uh, a signed ball by the player of the game. That's right. Sweet. That's right. No offense to the... That guy ended up being anything? No. No, I mean, you know, obviously he ended, he ended up being a D-League player. You know, that's good. Well, sometimes they called them up to the Yeah, NBA. he didn't get called up. No. Nope. No. But regardless, I got a really nice ball. It was a Spalding ball. So there you go. There you go. True that. Yeah. True. Yeah. Anyways, shout out to everybody that listened. Thank you for listening. Keep doing it. We appreciate it. Shout out. Uh, we do, guys. We appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dave, it's time. Uh, second birthday suit, and I got—I okay. got to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not confident about either of these last two at all. Nope. Oh man. Yeah. So this one and it drops. <laughs> this one—that's <laughs> a fact—is 21. percent It's the lowest. That's I went with. Oh, wow. 21. percent Uh, born on May 27th, 1975. So same year mm-hmm. as Andre Three Stacks. Same day, okay. obviously 45. too. Um, in Yonkers, New York. 
Our birthday suit wearer from a young age loved hip-hop. And uh, after his parents told him he had to earn his own money at the age of 12, he started selling drugs. What? But luckily, <laughs> not too long after that, he also found out he could make money freestyling. So he stopped the, dr- the drug selling and focused on rapping. Yes! Um, okay. His, he formed a group with two other rappers. His group name was The Locks. Hmm. The Locks mm-hmm. were signed by Bad Boy Entertainment in 1994 mm-hmm. by Puff Daddy. They were mm-hmm. they released their first album in 1998, which was successful. Mm-hmm. It achieved number 1 on the hip-hop charts and platinum status. That's right. In 2001, our birthday suit wearer went on to pursue a solo career. Since uh, the time of his solo career starting, he has released Kiss the Game Goodbye, Kiss of Death, mm-hmm. The Last Kiss, mm-hmm. And top five, Dead or Alive, and Ignatius. Hmm. His biggest song in that time was the song, Why? That was, I had the singer Anthony Hamilton on it. He released that song on the Kiss of Death. It reached uh, number 11 on the hot billboard charts. All right, Dave. Name that birthday suit where? I got no idea, man. I, the, the only thing else I can give you a clue of is uh, all the album titles. If you notice mm-hmm. the uh, uh, the correlation between them, that has to do with his name. Yes! Kiss the... What, what were the titles again? Kiss the Game Goodbye, Kiss of Death, The Last Kiss. Uh, those all have to do with his uh, name. Older rap... Uh, um, Jada Kiss. No! Jada Kiss. Jada Kiss. Yeah! Over 21%. Let's go. There it is. Let's go. Um, Big old tip, but that'll work. Hey man. Hey, I mean, I, I didn't notice if you I, I didn't know if you noticed it. You might have not noticed it if I wouldn't have said anything as far as those titles. No, but, not at the beginning. No. Yeah, but yeah, it's Jadakiss. That's right. Jadakiss in the in the locks. It was him, Styles P. I gotta say I, I like Styles P a little bit better. What? Song I get. That was his other name? No, Styles P was the other guy in the locks. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was another third rapper. Can't remember his name. Uh, Oh, come on. He he didn't have a big solo career like uh, Jadakiss and Styles P. So, didn't happen for that third dude. But yeah, Jadakiss turned a big 45, man. Uh, You know, the 2010s haven't been so popular for him. You know, hasn't mm-hmm. had that many hits, but I'll tell you, the old hip hoppers, they love him. Yes! They love him. He's a, he's a, you know, he, yeah, he, he definitely seems like an older generation than, um, Andre 2000, which is kind of weird to me. Well, uh, because Andre was so progressive in his style. Yes! That's the thing, you know, yeah. Andre yeah. did futuristic and did these weird sort of rap couplings of, of his lyrics, whereas Jadakiss mm-hmm. did the straightforward New York style, and he had the straightforward New York beats. So, of course, yes! it fits with sort of the golden age of hip-hop, you know? Right, uh, right. But nonetheless, he's turning 45, so happy birthday, Jadakiss. Happy birthday, buddy. Keep, keep, keep it fun. Keep it safe. Wait, what? You know? Now, true that. He's in New York. He's got to watch out. You know? This is, uh, That's true. Yeah. All right, Dave. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from Gangster Grass one more time. We're going to hear the theme song they made for Justified right here on the Doc G Show. Ooh, ooh. On 
this lonely road Trying to make it home Doing it by my lonesome people won't some I'm fighting for my soul God get at your boy You try to blow God fall back I go hard on this lonely road Trying to make it home Doing it by my lonesome I see them long, hard times to come uh, 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 uh. My life is ill, son Prepared to kill, son A paradox of pain, baby, cause real, son Lonely traveler, ain't trying to bow to you But if you're feeling tough, dog, I walk up all challenges Ain't got no family, uh, they see this one of me Might lose your post standing two feet in front of me I'm at the world, but I ain't looking for trouble I might crack a grin, I ain't looking to hug you Now think about it Nobody wants to die There's rules to this game, son uh, I'm justified I'm ready to go, partner Hey, I'm on the run The devil's hugging on my boots That's why I own a gun This journey's too long I'm looking for some answers So much time stressing I forget the questions I fear no man You don't want no problems Be eyes in the back of my head You better not follow me On this lonely road Trying to make it home Doing it by my lonesome Crazy, I got some loose screws, but that's alright though. I'ma do me, you do you. So how you judging me? I'm just trying to survive. And if the time comes, I ain't trying to die. I'm just trying to fly and get a little love. Find me a dime piece and get a little hug. Hook the car up, uh, hit the bar up, uh, clean the scars up. Hey yo, the stars up. Hey, this is the life of an outlaw. We ain't promised tomorrow. I'm living now, dog. I'm walking through life, but yo, my feet hurt. All my blessings are fair, man, I rest when I'm dead Look into my eyes and see the real world Take a walk with me, have a talk with me Where we end up, God only knows Strap your boots on tight, you might be alright On this lonely road, trying to make it home Doing it by my lonesome who won't some I'm fighting for my soul, God get at your boy You try to vote God, fall back, I go hard On this lonely road, trying to make it home Doing it by my lonesome God get at your boy You try to blow God fall back I go hard on this lonely road Trying to make it home Doing the by my lonesome
Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are joined by a fantastic producer yes! and ringleader of the group Gangsta Grass, Wrench. Wrench, how's it going? What is happening, everybody? Yes. It is crazy times indeed. <laughs> everybody's uh, everybody's trying to get through it as best they can. For sure, for sure. Well, I first, I got to ask... Where where did your name Wrench come from? Because I, I looked for sort of the origins of that name, and I couldn't really find it. Well, uh, after I lost a game of chess to uh, Bigfoot, what? Uh, I had to be on the run for a while because uh, that's a hard lesson to learn, that when you're playing chess against Bigfoot, you let him win. That's a fact. But uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, out in the out in the desert in, in uh, southern New Mexico, uh-huh. and I uh, got, got bit by a few rattlesnakes. Oh. And uh, started started having some strange visions, and uh, was uh, rescued by a, a posse of MCs that were doing some hip hop ciphers. What? And uh, I kept showing up to these ciphers with a banjo player and uh, or a fiddle player or singing country harmonies. They said, "Why are you always throwing a wrench in the works?" <laughs> and that was uh, that's when that started happening. That's that's an epic that's an epic tale of how you got that that yeah. uh, that nickname that's much better Indeed. than you just being like uh, some friends of mine call me that <laughs> you know Blam. So it's, uh, that's what they call me oh, okay well mm-hmm. now have you uh, have you got to do any any performances uh, during the pandemic as far as like uh, on social media have you tried to do any of those sort of live streams or have you stayed away from those? Uh, a little bit on a solo uh, level. Each of us is, you know, quarantined in our own place, and we're in different cities. We're kind of spread out, so we haven't been able to play as a band yeah. on any live streams. Uh, we've got a Twitch channel uh, for Gangscrats that we just rotate around and do do solo stuff on different nights. Gotcha. Or uh, or sometimes the guys just uh, live stream themselves uh, cooking something and talk <laughs> about their recipe or you know, whatever. I like it. Uh, DJ dance party. Uh, we've done a little bit of Facebook Live, but we're doing it uh, one by one. But the great thing is, uh, each of us has our own solo stuff. Yeah, uh, we're kind of like a Voltron yeah. operation, uh, where the different robot lions form a bigger robot. But we, for now, we can uh, do live streaming as our separate robot lions. Nice. And uh, I can play a wrench set. You know, we can have a set by Dan Whitener, the banjo player. Yeah. Uh, the MCs Arson and Dolio can do some verses on their own. Uh, Brian Farrell on the fill, he plays fiddle and bass, and so, um, and each of us has our own releases out, so we can play stuff from those. Very nice, very nice. Well, I know, I know. Talking to guests since this pandemic has happened, uh, a lot of them will, will tell me, you know, since they can't really perform, since they're not really touring, uh, they have been able to get a lot of uh, new music written, or at least uh, attempt. So true. Have you have you been writing mm-hmm. some new music as you've been, uh, uh, you know, holed up in quarantine? Uh, yeah, and it's it varies. Uh, you know, I gotta say, I think the experiences vary a lot between people with kids and people without kids. <laughs> For uh, sure. So, For sure. Uh, I've got a couple here, and they're home from school, which means you know it's not like I'm stuck at home to work. It's uh, a lot of childcare. But we are working on a new album, and we'd actually done a lot of the writing. We'd recorded three of the tracks for the new album, uh, and then we're about to go into the studio and uh, record the rest when everything went mm. into lockdown, and we decided we had to uh, sort of self-quarantine and, yeah. and not get together in the studio. So now we're uh, now we're getting everything done remotely and sending files back and forth to each other, 
um, had to set a couple of the folks up with some new equipment for them to learn. Oh no! And uh, <laughs> but so it's uh, you know it's been a process, but we're starting to get the new album together. Nice. And we're also getting some new material written uh, through a fun thing we're doing on our Twitch channel, and we're doing it live during the stream, and we call it "Kick the Can." Mm. And what happens is uh, since we each have a sort of a different night of the week for us to stream on Twitch, yeah. uh, we'll have uh, somebody will lay down an idea to kick it off mm-hmm. and they'll finish their live stream and send it over to the rest of us. And the next person who's live streaming will add the next layer nice. onto it from there. And everybody gets to watch live the whole process of creating this track, uh, you know, one thing at a time where it's not written beforehand. It's yeah. just somebody laying down an idea and then you watch somebody else come up with what they should put on top of that. And then the next person comes up with what to put on top of that. And we've actually gotten some, uh, a couple of really great tracks out of it that might even end up on the album. Yeah, that's a very cool idea. Yes! That's, uh, people get to see the creative process, keep people, and a lot of times, you know, people that aren't as musically inclined don't really hear the separate things in the songs mm-hmm. unless you get to separate them yeah. like that. And when they see them layered like yeah. that, then they can see it add and see what each part does. So that's really cool. Yeah. Let, let's take let's take the listeners back. Uh, you, you grew up in California, but your yeah. dad was from Oklahoma. Um, uh-huh. So you had this mix, and that's what I've consistently heard, you know, uh, of how sort of Gangster Grass, sort of the, the formation came of a love that you had from a young age as far as hip-hop, sort of with friends and people in school and things like that. And then mm-hmm. when you went back home, it was it was country, so uh, yeah, that's, so, that's absolutely true. Because my dad really uh, raised me on a lot of honky tonk music. Nice. Uh, we played a lot of uh, George Jones and Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash on the stereo, yeah. uh, as well as my dad was also a big Graham Parsons fan and all all of that kind of stuff. So um, I grew up listening to a lot of country music on the stereo at home. Uh, but I grew up in the 80s when hip hop really, uh, you know, blew up and took over yeah. uh, everywhere. The big dancing movies came out. So, uh, for me, recess was about putting some cardboard down to do your backspins to the Beat Street soundtrack and, nice. uh, Run DMC and the Beastie Boys came out and that's just all we were listening to. So we were memorizing all those, all those raps from those albums and reciting them to each other on the playground. Well, I was I was gonna ask on the hip hop side back in those early days, uh, what what were the first hip hop artists that really you know roped you in that you were like, man, yeah. I, I want to do that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Run DMC for sure. And if we're talking about you know the really early on, mm-hmm. um, like I know I'd, I I uh, you know I, I I saw the Beat Street soundtrack and a lot of early hip hop like that. I think the first record uh, that I ever uh, got for myself mm-hmm. uh, was a 45 of Rocket by Herbie Hancock. No, yes! oh. and I think that that was definitely an influence for me in terms of producing. Just hearing how he was using samples and using all these different sounds to create the beat was so cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, shortly after that, Run DMC really took hip hop in a in a in a whole uh, new direction. And I remember hearing a song they did. Uh, called Rockbox. Oh yeah, and uh, and I uh, I taped it off the radio. That was the days where you know you'd have your cassette mm-hmm. deck at home and you'd be tuning into the radio and you could rep- you could press record and play on something that was good. That was before you could Google what you just heard or <laughs> Shazam it or anything. Yeah, you'd just have to tape it off the radio. And I taped and I, I caught Rockbox off of the radio 
uh, program and just played that cassette until it wore out, uh, <laughs> listening to that song and the stuff that they were doing there. And that, of course, that's production by Rick Rubin. Yeah. And, uh, and that was really uh, inspirational. So that was, you know, that was kind of the seeds of, of where I started really um, loving it as a music. Nice. Now, now, did you grow up, when you were growing up in that time, did you see yourself always doing music or was that something that just sort of all of a sudden occurred to you later on that you were like, I could do this? Or did you always say, I want to do this? Yeah, I, I, I always did. I always was into creative stuff. It was either going to be music or film, mm. uh, but I, I was taking violin lessons from an early age and started uh, learning some different instruments and being in a, a lot of different bands all through high school and everything. So wow. the music has always been a uh, big thing I'm into and uh, in high school I got my first sampler and started learning how to program uh, beats and stuff yeah. and uh, I have one of those uh, cassette four tracks mm. where you can record uh, you know yeah. record a few different things and overdub them and put some uh, layers that was, on that was starting to produce right there like that nice so so you you started with other instruments though so was violin was the was the first yeah. thing that you you started playing yeah. on nice. yeah I learned some guitar I did a lot of drums and uh so uh, I just I kept branching out from there until I uh, I could play a number of things adequately. Yeah. Um, which was helpful in production, and then really, uh, what 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 I really got into uh, eventually was just the whole production side of things with um, sampling and beat making and yeah. doing a lot of interesting sound sonic uh, creativity. Now, when you when you start when you started producing, like you said, it, it was it it came out of it came out of beat making was what you you, you sort of started producing yeah. with, right? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. Did you, uh, you, you said yeah, you got so it. I ended up here, I was here in Brooklyn and I uh, was producing beats for a lot of local uh, MCs. And, uh, and at, the, at the time I was kind of rediscovering my, my old uh, country roots. And I kept feeling like, hey, you know what would be really cool here is a pedal steel guitar, which they never would go for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had to start doing that on my own. Nice. Now, 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 when you did you use sort of the classic 808, or did you have something different as far as beat making when you first started? I mean, uh, 808s have been around, uh, but uh, you know, I'm also a big boom bap fan of, oh, okay. of 90s hip hop as well, and so there was a lot about more gritty sounding stuff mm -hmm. and, and the kind of loops that have really more interesting kick and snares yeah yeah uh, you know so uh, you know I'm, I'm i'm into creative production of people who are doing really interesting sounds and not the same sounds that oh, are yeah. used over and over oh, for sure. um, so it's not that I, I it's not like i never use an 808 i try to put that in there and give it some some bass but i try to add some other layers so of course i've definitely been in you know influenced by the creative things that like missy elliott or outcast mm -hmm. have done Mm -hmm. And doing really, really different sounding kinds of hip hop. Um, the production of Dan the Automator, who did the Cool Keith, yeah, Doctor Octagon album. He did the Gorillas, uh, a whole a whole bunch of other stuff, and he's always done really, uh, really cool sounding beats. So I like people that take it a little farther than just of course uh, putting down the same 808 sounds. Now, when when did you move to Brooklyn? When did you decide? And and mm -hmm. what sort of uh, you know tip that decision? Like I need to go to Brooklyn yeah. to make this music happen. Uh, no, it wasn't so much that decision. It was just uh, coming out to, to school. I went to NYU and okay. then, uh, uh, couldn't afford to live in Manhattan. So uh, <laughs> Brooklyn was where you could you could still afford in those days. And uh, and and then just really liked the scene in Brooklyn. And 
And the funny thing is, a lot of people would be surprised to know that there's a country music scene in New York. But yeah. There's everything in New York. When you have 8 million people, you know, it's 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 a bit of a needle in the haystack thing. But once you find the needle, there's, there's plenty of it there. You just need to know where to look. So once I found out about, um, you know, little places here and there, Hank's Saloon, which is this little honky-tonk in the middle of Brooklyn, uh, you know, other venues that were having country shows. And then you start getting to know the bands there and, and meeting the musicians and, and seeing that and that's when i started um being able to uh really work with some country musicians while at the same time i was uh producing beats for hip-hop mcs and then it was easy to start cross-pollinating the two on my solo stuff nice nice well before i go on to, to cross-pollinating there mm -hmm. i always like to ask this of my my guests and i've had several new york guests on specifically a couple from brooklyn a couple from queens but I always mm -hmm. like to ask if I'm coming to your hometown and I've got I've got one night and I ask you, I need the best place you've got for me to eat. What place are you going to tell me mm -hmm. to go to in Brooklyn? Oh, man, in Brooklyn. Um, I would, uh, there's some uh, Jamaican jerk restaurants here. Ooh. They're just amazing. Yes! Um, I, it's, I think New York is a hard place to ask this question. Yeah, of oh, yeah. Because there's so many options. Um, you know, or else, uh, there's a, a Western, a West African restaurant called Jolof, Jolof, which is probably where I take you because you're not going to find that in a lot of other yeah. places. So part of me would be the factor of, you know, letting you, you get in on some of the stuff that you couldn't get other places that might also have good restaurants of that kind. But, uh, yeah, West African restaurants, pretty sweet. What, what do you, what do you get there? What have you gotten at, uh, Jolof's? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, well, there's this great sauce called mafe, mm. uh, which is a peanut sauce. Mm. And they have, uh, you know, meat or vegetables all uh, mixed in with the peanut sauce and yeah. put it on over rice or couscous, and it's pretty tasty. Man. That's yeah. That 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 is that's unique right there. Gonna have to yeah. gonna have to jump on some Jolofs there. Yeah. Uh, I want to send a special shout out though because we actually do kind of have a favorite restaurant, but it's not in Brooklyn. Oh okay. Well, what, what's but, that? Uh, Gangster Grass has a has a has a special place in our heart for a restaurant in Winchester, Virginia. Winchester, uh, Virginia. Actually, oh, man, I used to uh -huh. go there a lot when I was a kid. Actually, that's surprising. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm from Virginia, well, just a, not that uh, area, but I, I I'd go through there yeah. a lot. Man, okay, what do we cool. got in Winchester? It's a Cajun restaurant called Sweet Nola's. Sweet, and Nola's. it's just it's just one of those places where you walk in and it's just a vortex of good energy yes! and Man. love, and then the food is amazing, and they really take care of you, and you can't nice. recommend it enough. Now, now I'm gonna have to take a a, a road trip up to to Sweet Nola's. That sounds good. Yeah, you do. That's right. Nice. You do. Tell them, tell them, wrench sent you. <laughs> Will do for sure. Uh, well, so back to back to the cross pollination. You were making uh -huh. uh, beats for rappers, like you said, and you mm -hmm. started hosting yeah. these like country music nights. Which I like yourself, like I I would I didn't really think of that, and then I was like, well, I guess you know, eight million people, yeah. You'll have you'll definitely have some folks that want to go to a country night. So true. But around 2006, around there, you start mixing the two worlds, like you said. Now, when you actually made your first demo of of these two things mixed, what what did you think? Hmm. What were you thinking when you when you mix those two together? Like, oh, this is this is brand new. This it is was amazing. Fun. I was just 
<laughs> yeah, I was just having a good time. Saying, "Ah, oh, that's cool." Because yeah. for me, a lot about it, it's it's a lot about the process of feeling like there's something that I want to hear and it's not out there already. Yeah, and so it's really satisfying to to be able to make it and be like, "Yeah, that's what I want to hear." Nice. And now I've made it. <laughs> now I've made it something in the world that I can actually listen to. It's got it's got the 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 boom bap. It's got those something. Uh, hip hop loops on it. Yeah. And it's got some twangy instruments on it, so it's got that that kind of country twang to it. And when I'm hearing both of those, I'm feeling good. Nice, nice. Well, it, like you said, it started out you were having fun. It was it was this sort of project putting it together, and then the show Justified calls you up and says they want to use your yeah. song for a commercial. And then they take it mm-hmm. a little bit further, and they decide they want it as the theme song. And you've got to go back now and sort of re-record this thing and that sort of convinced you you needed a group right was that sort of what convinced you like i need to put it together sure i mean i've I've been doing some country hip-hop crossover stuff and and groups before i had a band called b-star which is where i met dolio the sleuth yeah Um, but when i done uh gangsta grass was kind of a fun side project uh in the studio yeah and it got such a good response that i was already thinking that you know i should try turning this into into something with a band to it and i was actually already um already checking around with people when i got these uh lightning strike calls uh out of the blue from the fx network about doing the the commercial and then the theme song to this show yeah so yeah so i did have to uh bring together uh some people to to create that and uh and have an eye on uh creating a band that could actually tour on the stuff Nice. Now, now there's been some there's been some lineup changes definitely as far as uh, the folks in the band. And right now it's yourself, it's Dan uh, that you already mentioned on the banjo, and 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 uh, uh, our son uh, and Dolio on vocals on on the uh, hip hop side there. And then uh, is it is it Brian on the fiddle? Yeah, Brian Farrow on the fiddle. Yeah, yeah. And so give us a little info on sort of how each one of those people came into the band. Because I, I heard that Dan got in the band off of Craigslist. What? Was that really how you yes, guys indeed. hooked up? Oh, nice. Yes, indeed. Uh, looking for a banjo player and... Uh... And got it, got uh, got some people tried out, and uh, he was the one that seemed to really uh, get it and be in the groove. Find everything and, uh, on Craigslist, man. <laughs> yeah, that's a fact. Uh, Dolio was with my previous uh, honky tonk hip hop band called B Star. He came on originally as a a DJ, but we started hearing him rap, and so he, that became part of it too. Nice. So I'd worked with him before, and uh, and I was uh, looking for an MC to take on tour, and he wasn't available. So he actually referred me to our son the voice of reason yeah uh so who who's also in philly and uh and we connected with him to come out on tour and uh and then eventually dolio was available as well so we started doing a two mc thing which is really great for them to, to be able to to interact and do a lot of stuff on stage that you can't do with one mc yeah yeah, and then how did uh, uh, Brian become part of the the group? And uh, and Brian, we we were crossing paths with at uh, some different festivals we were playing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was uh, he was working with Dom Flemons from the Carolina Chocolate Drops, mm-hmm. and uh, when we'd be on on festival bills together, we'd see him uh, when we were both playing, and uh, and we liked uh, the stuff that he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, said, let's, let's, "Let's bring him on for a fiddle." Nice, nice. Now, uh, the the first full length album that uh, Gangsta Grass did was uh, the 2012 uh, Rapalacha 
album. Uh, no, there was one before that. Oh, there was uh, one Lightning on the Strings and Thunder on the Mic. Oh, okay. Uh, which was one I did uh, kind of right away once we were doing the Justify theme song. Oh, okay. Expand this out to an album. Okay, sorry. The second album then, which yeah. I noticed, this is the one that I noticed the most. It had a lot of features. It was, uh, you know, I uh -huh. mean, heavy hitters of hip-hop, Dead Prez and Smith and Wesson. Um, yeah. How did you convince... Because, you know, I saw I saw Dead Prez on there, who's, you know, one of my favorite groups uh, as far as hip-hop. Oh, excellent. Uh, how, how did you convince... Because, like, thinking the M1 of Dead Prez and being like, hey, I'd like you to lay down some bars on this banjo track. Yeah. I feel like he wouldn't be just right up for that. Was it hard to convince him? No, no. We, we reached out to, to their people and... Uh... And so we want to do this thing, and, and I said, some, send something in, you know. And part of me is, part of me kind of suspects that where they were like, oh, country stuff. All right, let's uh, let's see if we can push their push their boundaries. They're yeah. probably thinking that was some some country band. So they, you know, they they came on uh, with uh, you know with some verses about slavery and cotton picking and all this stuff. That mm -hmm. was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> this is the song now. But uh, uh, you know, out there trying to trying to um, you know, see see how far they could take it, but uh, I thought it was great. And yeah, I was like yeah, let's do this. Nice, nice. Now, you know, uh, along that same line, obviously in New York City, uh, it's it's the birthplace of hip hop, and there are those hip hop purists out there. Do you ever hear complaints like this isn't hip hop? Uh, you know, what what are you guys doing? This is this is ridiculous. You shouldn't do that. Like, do you ever get any flack back from it? Yeah. You know, I, we don't get that from the hip hop side so much as as uh, for hip hop. There's a lot of people that are just like, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> but I think you know, hip hop has always you know drawn in so many different elements. Yeah. You know, even from the beginning, hip hop was based on you know taking disco records and and new wave records and these different things and like cutting them together. Yeah. And it's always sampled and taking stuff. So uh, I think I think on the hip hop side, people understand that there's a lot of cross pollination and. Um, you know, and if country isn't their thing, then they're just kind of they're just kind of like, oh, all right, pass. <laughs> um, and so that, then it's a matter of just like getting them to actually listen to it because they might assume like, oh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like that if it's bluegrass or country. And then it's usually once they actually hear it, they're like, oh, this is dope. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Now, now, how about on the other side? On, on yeah, the bluegrass. bluegrass is where you do you do have some some purists in bluegrass for sure. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a pretty small. Uh, that's a pretty small edge on on the bluegrass stuff. You know, I got to say, for the most part, we are really welcomed uh, quite well. We've, we've played at bluegrass festivals and had a lot of bluegrass fans to come in and say, "This is this is great. I love what you're doing." And then uh, and then there's just a it's kind of a, a fun little side uh, side piece of entertainment for us to watch. The few people that are like, "No, this is a crime against nature for you to do this to bluegrass." Um, you know, and it's just it's just funny to us uh, for people to to think that there's there's some sort of uh, you know sanctity, uh, yeah. purity there that, that that can't be violated because the American music, the whole history of American music, including bluegrass, it's a has blur. been taking existing genres and putting them together in new ways and yeah. cross pollinating things. Yeah, um, and there's 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 no uh, there's no exception there for bluegrass. It was. It was created by putting together the existing, uh, you know, Western music and gospel music and mm -hmm. Appalachian folk music and, and bringing those instruments together and making a genre out of it. 
and uh, and it's continued to evolve in a lot of ways. And um, you know, it's just things aren't things are never going to be locked in and stay the same. There's always going to be innovations, and if a few people aren't ready for that, then uh, that's just fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking along the lines of, of resistance, but a, a different type of resistance, I couldn't help but notice on Instagram when I was I was flipping through your uh, your your pictures there. I noticed you, you you putting up a lot of resistance in in December 2017. Word. Seems you were you were doing some protesting back then. Oh yeah. It kept kept uh, kept getting arrested there on on uh, on Capitol Hill. Uh, what were you? What were you protesting? Well, I, I thought uh, I thought that tax plan was a really bad idea, and I I think it's played out that uh, it was. for the most part, you know, we haven't we haven't really benefited from it. But uh, the people that are already wealthy and powerful benefited from it a lot, and uh, I think we're we're kind of hurting from it. So yeah, a lot of that was around around that tax plan that was just cutting taxes for the wealthy for the most part. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we really, we really could have used that money to do good for a lot more people. So sure. uh, I went out and made some noise with some friends, you know, you got to be organized. So it was through some organizations yeah. uh, doing the protesting, but uh, I've always been a fan of uh, making your voice heard and standing up for things that you believe in. And, yeah. uh, and I encourage everybody to, uh, you know, to, to plug into organization organizations that you think are fighting for the right things. And, and go and uh, make some trouble. You know, in my solo stuff, I have kind of a theme song for that called Mugshot. Yeah. Um, that I uh, released a little bit before that, and I figured I better uh, put my money where my mouth is, to, so to say, and go ahead and uh, rack up a few more arrests. <laughs> nice. Well, I mean, you know, like you said, you're fighting for a cause. You're fighting for a good cause. Yes! Ba back, to the, back to the music, though. You, uh, you know, like you said, You've been doing this now since 2006-ish, somewhere around there, as far as mixing bluegrass and hip-hop. And I, I just wondered w what you thought uh, when you heard, like, Lil Nas X mm. and Old Town Road, <laughs> because there is obviously, not nearly, I don't, you know, I wouldn't say there's nearly as much component of uh, bluegrass and, and country in his song as there is in a lot of gangster grasses, but obviously it's there. What did, what did you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fun track, but it's true that, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for people that are really bringing the, the country elements. Um, mm -hmm. and that's the formula that I've been going with is you bring in a banjo player or a fiddle player, or a double player, you know, you get some real twang on there. You know, the funny thing with the little Nas X song is the guitars on there are actually sampled from a nine inch nail song. Yeah. Yeah, um, I heard that. So it's really just the fact that he's he's kind of singing with a drawl uh, on there, and he's singing about horses and stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's fun, and and uh, I'm really uh, I'm glad that there's some songs that are breaking through on this. That yeah. There's Lil Nas X, and then Blanco Brown, and uh, and a few others that are that are getting quite popular. And I'm really optimistic that that's just kind of breaking down some of these barriers, so that. There's not so much a sense that that oh these two things don't go together. Yeah, like, that, we're, that we're just going to be, um, you know, stepping into a future where people are like, well, yeah, everything's mixed together. Like, yeah, you can do anything, and and uh, so that we don't have to kind of overcome the hurdles of like you can't put country and hip hop together. You know, and now we can just uh, you know we can just answer the question about quality. Like, yeah, we do it, and it's good. Check yeah. it out. Yeah, I I think I I've always thought there's there's. 
the, the problem with the labels is what gets people up in arms is when you do label it and and people start looking at it and say all oh, these two things are mixing because that's always the uh, interesting thing to me as far as the label americana because americana yeah. just fits pretty much anything obviously in america so you can yeah. put anything yeah. in there and people you know, don't genres, really question genres it. Genres are a really tricky thing. I, we, we've discussed ourselves, like, what does Americana mean? Like, mm-hmm. we're Americans and we make music? Like, yeah. And what is, you know, I forget who said it, uh, but somebody was saying, you know, folk music, uh, I think everything is folk music because it was made by folks. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, but we have a particular uh, thing that we're trying to address in terms of genres, that people have these ideas about country music and hip-hop music and uh and you know soul and r&b and bluegrass uh where uh this this country has ended up with these basically racially defined genres mm-hmm. and people have this impression and of course there's exceptions to those and people can point out oh what about charlie pride what about uh you know this guy or that guy but for the most part we're dealing with a legacy of having um pretty much defined these genres by race yeah uh, which is just a it, it's just a holdover from jim crow and the mm-hmm. early part of the 1900s yeah. when you first started having records being sold and the record industry started yeah when everybody was uh when everybody was segregated and they decided to market it that way mm-hmm. because the audiences were separate um even though when they first started recording southern music the reality on the ground was that there was black and white and, yeah. and urban and rural musicians all trading things and influencing each other and yeah. playing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, so you had cases where these record companies would go in and sometimes even with the same band and the same album, they'd switch out the picture and uh, you know market market it one way to to pretend that it was a hillbilly band and one way to pretend that it was a, you know a, a gospel band or something yeah. because. Uh, you know, those genres really weren't clear-cut at the time. It was really a lot of cross-pollination. And oh, yeah. The record labels that came in and really decided on these genres and named named them hillbilly music and race music. Mm-hmm. And that was the categories that were presented to audiences starting in the 1920s Yeah. To, to when they went out to shop for music. And from there, it just went on into into separate charts and separate magazines and separate stations. Yeah, and and we and we, we ended up buying into it and thinking somehow that the country was white music and soul and gospel were black music. When if you go back and you actually look at the the reality, the the exceptions start to to become so numerous. Oh yeah, that you have to recognize. Uh, just how how much uh, you know how much influence and participation um, black people had in early country music oh, yeah. and string bands that started going on um, well, you, and vice versa. So you you look at you look uh, at Jimmy Rogers. I mean the the yeah. center of of country music, and he basically would tell people he learned everything he knew from black artists. I mean you know that's absolutely. What, I mean he was doing he was doing something that you know at that time. Um, that was basically blues music. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at the music in the 1920s and 30s and you, you listen to it uh, and you try to compare it to today's genres, mm-hmm. it's got so much elements that you could say is country music or you could say is blues music. But yeah. they're both there 
those seeds of both are, are there and the kind of stuff that Jimmy Rogers was doing. And if you compare what, you know, what he was doing to, to uh, what somebody who's considered a, a blues musician, uh, you know, a little bit later, like Lonnie Johnson or, uh, uh, or uh, Blind Willie McGee. Mm-hmm. And, and they're playing acoustic guitars. They're playing this twangy stuff. They're mm-hmm. singing high lonesome stuff. Um, but they're also playing it very bluesy. And, and that's what was going on with Southern music in America was, was this this tiny bluesy style that that got separated into country and blues mm-hmm. artificially um, by labeling it uh, to different audiences? Well, and and just like you said, as far as uh, the split with gospel too. I mean, you go back and you you look at the Carters, and basically, I mean, uh-huh. you know, they half the half their repertoire was was gospel, even though it was labeled, like you mm-hmm. said, as hillbilly music. So, I mean, yeah. it's uh, yeah, sure. it, they, it's it's a it's a mix in all of them, and uh, you know, it's good to see the mix coming back. I think it, I think it, mm-hmm. it, it has came back more and more in the last ten years when you look at it, as far as I, I guess sort of the record labels losing a little bit of power is because of uh, of streaming and everything like that. You, you start to see those those walls come down a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of cracks in that structure where people can just put the music up all next to each other, you know. And the fact that everybody's got can make their own playlist now and everything. Yeah. So you you see a lot of people out there with Jay Z and Johnny Cash yeah. on their on their playlist, and and uh, and so people are not you know. People are able to to be fans of what's good rather than having it sort of separated for them. Yeah, it's it's also amazing to me younger uh, the younger listeners how they they they're not really familiar with those walls and those movements of mm-hmm. the past. And so when I ask somebody mm-hmm. that's you know under twenty two or so about a song they may know exactly what the song is as soon as it comes on but then i ask them about it and they have no clue of like the context of that song like you know mm-hmm. they they like they'll hear, hear stairway to heaven and they'll be like oh mm-hmm. that's from the 80s right wait what I'm like, no why would that be does that sound like an 80s rock song they're like yeah sure it does i'm like no it doesn't but like you know they've lost those sort of and you, you hear it in the the new music that comes out it's sort of doesn't follow these big movement patterns and it takes from sort of everything a lot of it so it's definitely an interesting time for for music creation for sure let's talk about music creation as far as your newest album with gangster grass uh no time for enemies scheduled to come out the 24th of july right and the uh the new well, probably you know uh that that was our that was our schedule and then a global pandemic hit yeah uh, so yeah we're, yeah, we're working towards that, but it'll be uh, it'll be this summer for sure. Okay, okay, and so the newest single is already out. That's the Nickel and Dime Blues, fantastic song, yeah. uh, very good beat, very good uh, uh, hook. I, I love the I love the hook on the the song. Yeah, that was a song that uh, Dan Whitener, the the banjo player, brought to us. No, and, uh, nice. We started doing about a about a year ago. We started working it into the live set and, and really uh, honed it and and got it really tight. And we're able to. Uh, that was one of the few songs that we had had cut in the studio before everything went into lockdown. Well, now I was gonna I was gonna ask, but I guess this would be more of a question for Dan. Uh, there's obviously a reference in the song to getting a Mountain Dew. Is he a is he a Dew fan? Does he drink a lot of Dew? Hmm. <laughs> we uh, you know we we tour around and we have a, a great fan base through uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. And, yeah. 
West Virginia, and uh, you know, there's a lot of shows where afterwards the jug of moonshine comes out, <laughs> and uh, and we get to enjoy that. So uh, <laughs> that was definitely a, a piece of wordplay that he was he was very intentionally putting into the song. Nice um, to talk about, uh, you know, going to the bodega to get a little Mountain Dew, but you yeah, know, the subtext there is, is also that uh, you know it's also a word for moonshine. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, you know that's that's I love the the original. You know they they came out with those throwback Mountain Dews, the soft drink Mountain Dew, and they have the picture yeah. of the the hillbilly on there with the uh, jug of moonshine mm-hmm. on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I I feel like people that are actually fans of moonshine might be let down when they get this Mountain Dew and they right. drink it. But you know, <laughs> for sure, absolutely. <laughs> now, so as far as the album, what would you say releasing it when you release it? What are you most excited about this newest album? Maybe song, something new that you guys haven't done on past records, a feature. What, what are you most excited about? Oh, there's a there's a few things. I mean, just the songs themselves. Um, I'm really excited. I feel like we've gotten some really cool writing, and uh, I'm definitely pushing some some new ideas in terms of the electronic sounds and the, the way that we're mixing hip hop into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first album that we're doing with uh, Brian Farrow. Uh, being part of the collaboration, mm-hmm. um, and so uh, we've definitely worked up a lot more collaborative songwriting this time in terms of uh, Dan Whitener and us on the Voice of Reason and Dolio the Sleuth having been on tour with that that crew pretty solidly for a few years. And, yeah, and Brian Farrell for a couple of years. It's uh, allowed us to um, do a lot of more collaborative songwriting that some interesting ideas are coming out of. Um, so. Uh, it's it's going to be really cool, and uh, I was just uh, in the studio, uh, my basement studio last night, mixing some of the stuff that people are recording at home and sending in, and getting really excited, thinking about, oh man, I can't wait till till I get to share this song with the world. Very nice, very nice. So, so I guess the immediate plans then for for Gangster Grass is try to get this album out. Yes, yeah, that's basically what we're working towards is is still releasing this song and. You know, probably early August, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, releasing the album, and uh, and and getting it out to to people that uh, you know need some fun fun music. It's going to be a lot of stuff you can dance to, uh, and a lot of uh, a lot of music about people coming together, nice. and breaking down the barriers uh, that that we are find you know in these times of feeling so divided. And this is definitely an album about kind of dropping those divisions and being able to to get down and dance together and maybe even start talking and, and uh, having each other's backs. Well, that works for the, the title, No Time for Enemies, for sure. Yes. For sure. Uh, well, Wrench, we are up against a break, man, but I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Oh, it was such a great conversation, man. Thank you for having me on. For sure. Folks, you can check out Gangster Grass at gangstergrass.com or Instagram at gangstergrass. Right now, let's take a listen to that new single, Nickel and Dime Blues, right here. On the Doc G Show. Yeah.
the same thing, old black and broke, and they think that's a joke, but I ain't playing, it's a whole lot of truth to what I'm saying, see my bones crack, but I'm so pro-black, and I got so many bills, and they ain't those stacks, hey there, Kojak, sucking on your lollipop, I think I can get a ride over to the trolley stop, I'm leaving my first gig, head to the next one, sleep when I'm dead, I'm trying to get these checks, son, hit the studio in full rock chem mode, cause my credit score is in permanent limbo, speed up the tempo, I gotta get the paper, garnish all my wages isn't adding any flavor, you can keep the weed and deck amounts, I'm trying to get bowling green in my bank accounts, come well, on. I went down to the bodega, just to get a little Mountain Dew, when I opened up my wallet, there was nothing but a you. well I told my situation, I asked him, what do you got for me, he said, I got this knuckle sandwich, and I'll give it to you for free, Mike since before there was a fed book The left hook, the reason why your man got his head shook From the PJ's whip, you slip and get your bread took Concrete floors made it chilly when the sun down Somehow we all made it out from the rundown Proper plan for getting, getting played for a dumb clown Took the last travel road standing out amongst crowds Old head with the fire of a jit More heads, you can tell they a liar when they spit Ball heads don't want flex with the line in his kits All said it's really nothing if you climb with the fifth hunt I'm cooking cast iron in the pit Your bread ain't really thick if all you buying is a fit I cut it up in sections then I fry it till it's crisp Sees a little, little more than required for the fix Well I could not pay my ticket And I could not pay my bail Well the judge couldn't pay me the time of day And he threw my in jail Well they gave me a nickel and a dime And they placed them upon my eyes For it cost much more to keep me here Than it did to let me die And we are back here on the Doc G Show. I, was, I wasn't even paying attention to that break, Dave. I had my mic turned around the whole other way, and all of a sudden we came back. It's like, ah! Hey, that's what was this move. It's far rookie. Good rookie. Thing you caught it, though. I did. Good I know. caught I, it. I, know, I noticed. I noticed. But I came swinging in to this segment. It's fine. Oh, man. Gangster Grass. Nickel and Dime Blues. Nicely done. Mm. Little Mountain Dew right mm. there. Mmm. Mmm. Soft drink or moonshine? Who knows? Who knows? It could be either. It could be either. Uh, Dave, I'm excited about Sweet Nolios. I mean, after... Me too, man. Man. I am hungry now. When we were looking over that menu and I saw that that Krispy Kreme, that Krispy Kreme bread pudding. pudding. Mm -hmm. Are you kidding? You kidding? How does your mouth not start watering just talking Mm. about it? 
Mm, Krispy Kreme, they're the real deal, man. They're the real deal. Southern donut. My God. And then you put it in a bread bread pudding. So true. Oh, I could get, <laughs> get so obese off of that. You don't even know. That's a fact. You don't even know. Mm, diabetes in a cup. It definitely is. Definitely is. Man. But Gangster Grass putting together, doing rap and, and bluegrass for 14 years. Got Emmy nominated theme song right there that you heard. Good stuff. Yes! Total albums coming out this summer. Check it out. It's going to be good. All right, Dave. It's time. Third birthday suit. Number three. This one, I'm a, I was a little bit more confident, but now I don't know. Like, I'm a little... I don't know. I put this one at 34.52%. I got real exact. Wait, what? That's what I put it 34. at. 34.425? Yeah, 34.52. 34.52. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So you can round up if you want to 35, but it was just being exact. Being exact. Right. Okay. I appreciate the exactness. Born on May 27th, 1971. Mm -hmm. Okay. In Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our birthday suit wearer liked music and learned to play the piano on a toy keyboard at the age of five. When she was 19, she heard about a casting call for a singing girl group in Atlanta. So she moved to Atlanta to audition. How crazy is that man would you do that i mean that's crazy right and just like move all the way down the coast yeah you don't even have it's just for an audition yeah. it's not even like a real thing yet it's nuts man but she was chosen she was chosen to be okay. in the group and the group named itself tlc Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I don't know anyone in TLC. Oh, come on. <laughs> Our birthday suit wearer was with two other singers, T-Boz and Chili. Their first album, Oh, Word. on the TLC tip, was very popular, selling six million copies, but wasn't anywhere close to being as popular as their second album, Crazy Sexy Cool, which sold 23 million copies. Say what? And their third album, Fan Mail, sold 14 million copies. Sadly, Dang. our birthday suit wear never recorded another album with TLC because in 2002, oh. she died in a car wreck in Honduras. Oh, dang. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. I have no idea. Lisa Left it, Eye zero. Lopez. <laughs> there it is. R.I.P. Yeah. Lisa Left Eye. Yeah, she had a lot of things. She uh, Later on in the career, she had a, a eye piercing on her left eye because she was left eye. And apparently, is it really weird how she got the name Left Eye? I, I forget the yeah. group now. What kind of nickname is that? I can't remember the group, but there was a singing, a, a male singing group that one of the members told her that she was attractive, and one of the things that made her attractive was the fact that her her eyes weren't even, Word. but it was hot. Uh. And so then, <laughs> so then she was like, I guess I'm left eye. All right, I'm left eye. And so that's what her, her uh, the rest of the crew called her. And then... Th Weird. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, she was the L in TLC. T-Boz obviously oh. being the T, and Chili being the C. Uh, yeah, obviously. Now, the other thing was that's not their actual names. Like, Left Eye had the nickname before TLC, and, and T-Boz T had the name before TLC. But then the C, they were like, oh, 
Chili, we need to make up a nickname for you. So they just came up with Chili. And it was actually Left Eye that came up with the idea of Chili. They, they didn't explain. I couldn't find the reason. I'm following up. Jeez. I'll see if I can find Ooh, the reason. Good one. Good see call. See if I can follow the, the reason why they called her Chili. Uh, anyways, yeah, sadly she died 18 years ago. They uh, had car wreck in Honduras. Uh, she would have been 49, so she actually would have been older than both uh, Andre Three Stacks and uh, Jadakiss. Crazy. Yeah, that's why she's out of my um, repertoire. Also nuts, dude. All three hip hoppers this week. All, yeah, all, all three hip hop. All from the community. Yeah, the hip hop community. Nuts. But uh, anyways, happy birthday to the late Lisa Lopez. Uh, Dave, it's time. Tell you about some shows coming up. Got some good ones. Yes, sir. We got some good ones. Next week. Mike and the Moon Paws. It's going down. That's right. If you are into the feel goods of the the solid gold country, that's what you're Mm going to hear next week, Dave. This isn't... This isn't bro country. This is solid gold country. This is the feeling of like the the late 70s, 80s, 90s country. This is... I mean, get ready. Get ready. Their their last album, Cheap Silver, Solid Gold Country. That's what it's called. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like that. I like that. Mikey's going to be on the show. He's going to talk a little bit with us. I'm very excited. We're going to talk about Austin. We're going to talk food, Austin. We're going to talk country music. We're going to probably talk a little Reckless Kelly. Who knows? It's going to get bananas. Ooh. It's going to get bananas. And then, of course, excited. been telling you, we got a thousand horses. They're getting down. They're coming. Yes, sir. We're going to talk to them, too. They're out of Nashville now. Those guys are crazy. They've had three major <laughs> record deals, those guys. Three major Jeez. record deals. They first Wallace. had a major record deal with Interscope. They got dropped from Interscope. Then they had another uh, uh, major record deal with uh, um, Big Machine Records. They uh, sort of parted ways with Big Machine. And then they just now got one with Electra. It's crazy. Most wow. people never get one Very with a impressive. major record label, and these guys get three. That's how talented they are. Also, no big deal. fun fact, their lead singer, Michael Hobby, uh, he is cousins to the Robinson brothers in The Black Crows, the two, uh, the two brothers of The Black Crows. Nuts. Small world, man. Small so world. So small. Anyways... Those shows are coming up. I'm very excited, but Dave, we got to wrap it up for now. This has been the show. I have been your host, Doc G, with me as always. I'm not going through the whole introduction again because this is the sign-off, but you know, Dave, Burles, Berlin. I'm in the medical profession. I have a nice mustache. That is the synopsis. Amen, Dave. (laughs) Amen. And until next week. Zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doo dah.